James. Movements of discipleship is what this whole passage is really about. And it's so easy for us to lean into discipleship from a, a legal lens, from a do and do not. It's paramount to us that we understand this as an invitation of love. I grew up in the church, I grew up in a fairly Pentecostal background, and so what that means is there was a lot of repentance that happened in my culture. Every week, I got saved every week from the time I was like one till I was like 18. Most weeks I needed it, that's fair. But I never really understood the tenderness in the heart of God when he was drawing me. It always came through the lens of he was upset at me. He was irritated at my life. And I wanna, I wanna do better than that for us. I want us to lean into the kindness of God because what does the scripture say that leads us to repentance? It's the kindness of God. It's never the anger. His anger lasts for a moment, but his favor for what? A lifetime. How do we not know how to shout that verse? It's an indicate. How, how many have kids in here? How many have been mad at your kids? How many understand that the love for them trumped your anger? How much more is it that with our Heavenly Father? That he could be irritated with us for a momentary decision, but it's never a lasting thing. Because he has, he has set in himself a constitution that says, my love will always go further than my judgment. It's why he puts things like mercy triumphs over judgment in the text. I have to stick to the course, or I'll get way off course. So we've been working through James. We looked last week at this phrase that James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. It's kind of this first invitation to us as, as followers of Jesus, that we understand that what this really means is that as a follower of Christ, my response patterns, whether those be intellectual or emotional, are now governed by the Lord. There's a way he wants me to respond. There's a way that's gonna come native to me to respond, and, and I am as a disciple to lay that down, not because I have to, but because I get to. Because everything he invites me to is for a purpose. He invites me into a, he says this to Joshua, I put in front of you today, says it through Joshua really, blessing and cursing. And I feel like Joshua stood there and went, please for the love of God, choose blessing. He's literally saying there's a path and if we follow said path, it's favor and it's blessing because that's his heart for us. But unfortunately, at times, we're going to choose cursing because we want to do what we want to do because we have an entitlement in us as individuals. So James just says, hey, the first thing I need you to understand as a disciple is the way you respond in situations, whether that's a relational conversation or whether it's just a heated moment, the way you respond needs to be governed by the Holy Spirit. And we talked about that movement being slow, to be measured to not give ourselves freedom to react. How many are like me and you're really good at reacting? And all week long you've been wrestling with the reality of, man, I'm bad at this idea. So James will go on and he says in chap chapter one, verse 21, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts for it is strong enough to save your souls. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. Now, instantly when we hear this phrase, so get rid of all the filth and evil, if, you're, if you grew up like I did, there's a sense of condemnation that comes and a sense of judgment. And I wanna try to lead us through this with a, a different lens. 
The phrase, so get rid of, is the idea of making the intentional choice to lay something aside. If I take my Bible and I walk over here and I sit it down, I just got rid of it. And you're like, wait, wait, pastor, how can you teach? It's because I got notes, but I'm good. I'll get my Bible so you don't freak out. It's the idea of intentionally laying something down. So there's a purpose. It's not an accidental thing where we just grow out of it. And I think some of us believe I'll just grow out of my habits and they won't, they won't. Actually, the way sin works is the more you feed it, the more it grows. The only way to move outside of this nature of sin in us is to make a supernatural decision to lay something down. It's an active word. You're not just letting it go. You're actually setting it down. He says, so get rid of all filth and evil. Filth and evil, the word filth here means to soil clothes and be dirty. I have a friend here in our culture who has this term, when he talks about people being stupid and not living the kingdom, he talks about it in the term of they're playing in the mud again. How many have ever had a, a little kid or seen a little kid that it's, it, I grew up in the Northwest, it was always rainy and it was always muddy, so it was impossible to go outside without getting muddy. And so I think in the Northwest, we just embraced it. We saw slugs, we thought we'd beat them, so we just sat in the mud and we would play in it. But when you come back in the house, there's this understood thing. If you want it to go well for you in the home, you get rid of the mud before you walk through the house because it tracks everywhere. And this is the idea, what James is saying here. He's talking about this idea of muddying ourselves or, or being dirty. The word evil here is in this translation is actually a bigger idea than what we see. This is New Living Translation. This is what I actually love reading this, but there are times where it has limitations. This is one of those. The original Greek carries a phrase, abundance of naughtiness and badness, which I thought was hilarious. So get rid of this dirtying of yourself and this abundance of naughtiness and badness. It specifically deals with those residual things from our sin nature that are still going on in our lives. James is saying that we are to actively lay down or stop those behaviors that make us dirty in the places that we find in us that are still happening from our sin nature. I want us to understand how simple this is. I can't do it. Yes, you can. The biggest lie from the enemy is that you can't do this. There used to be a commercial on TV called Own Your, Own, Your, Own Your Choice was the idea, and it was the power of choice. One of the most important things we have to understand in the kingdom is that the Spirit of God in us makes it possible for us to choose righteousness. Outside of the kingdom, it's not possible to choose it. You can try to get yourself better, but you can't actually choose righteousness because righteousness is an attribute of God and we can't choose him without Jesus. That's the whole idea. What James says here is, so get rid of. It is a word to us that must be taken as seriously as it is, which is my job before the Lord is to have an active pursuit of getting rid of the things in me that I know line up in this filth and evil category. But maybe you're hearing like, I don't have any of those. Good for you, I do. There are areas in Greg Sanders that I still find myself going, oh, that one's so not you. 
So James says part of this movement of discipleship is to be willing to intentionally lay this stuff down. He says, and humbly accept the message. I love this phrase. Because this word humbly is key for us. It is to be understood, catch this, with a gentle disposition, not fighting it. James says, I want you to step into embrace Accept or receive is a better way to understand it, this message of the gospel, don't fight it. Don't fight what God's trying to do inside of you. I would love to see us all get to a place where the Lord breathes and whispers and our answer is yes sir, and we move into it. Anybody ever had that moment where the Lord whispers something and you feel that very clear thing inside you going nope? I remember I was sitting in a parking lot in the town I grew up in and the Lord had whispered a direction he wanted me to go in life. Don't ever pray this prayer, I'll tell you I prayed it, it was bad. I said to the Lord, you know as a son I'm gonna choose to not do that. You've given me the authority as a son to be a son of your, it was a very bad understanding of sonship. And so for two years, life spiraled tragically. You see, we walk in obedience with the Lord because it's what's good for us. It's where blessing is found. It's because his heart for each of us is a future and a hope. It's not to control our lives. It's to lead us away from the mire and the stupidity that we would naturally lean towards. So James's root idea here is to accept or take it into your possession, hold it as a gift. I think it's worth noticing here that there's a really important relationship between these two ideas that James lays out. I'd love to submit this, that the choice to lay our sin nature aside actually opens us up to be able to receive this kingdom message. They're connected. As we lay aside our sin nature, we make space to receive his new nature. Think about that for a second. That there is this relational index inside of us saying, if I want more of him, I'm gonna have to let go of the things that have been in me. The beauty of that is I'm actually creating space for him to deposit things into me. And I think all too often we would, we would mistakenly believe we can keep adding more of Jesus and not letting go of our sin nature and it works and it doesn't work. James says right here, lay it down to receive. So the question I have for us is, do I want more of him? Vintage started out, I remember where I was at. We were in our house down south of town and I was laying on the carpet in our living room because I felt like the Lord was, I'd had an opportunity to go be a worship pastor at a church that was gonna go supernova and be really big and it was my Christian rock star moment. Um, I was deep, you know, I would had a better terminology for it, but what I really deeply wanted was to be, you know, Christian famous. And I'm laying on the floor and I'm dealing with this sense that the Lord was asking me to plant a church and my response was, I don't wanna plant a church. I know how much work that's gonna be. I have not worked this hard to get to this point to plant a church. Judge me if you want, you'd have said the same thing. 
Planting a church is way harder than it looks. So I'm laying on the floor and I'm trying to fight it out with the Lord and he just whispered this. He said, you have told me you wanted more of me that comes at the cost of less of you. It rocked me because I realized this wasn't about a church at all. This was about whether or not Greg Sanders was gonna step into a path that would say, I want more of you. The danger for me is because he's so gracious and kind, oftentimes he will let us pursue the things that are about more of us. And we become numb to the lack of him. That has to change in this time, in this season. We have to be able to lay aside those things that are about us so we can embrace him. Does that make sense? So you can't choose the kingdom without choosing to lay down the lack of kingdom in you. I think if I said, if we say to the Lord, make me more like you, we have to know his response is gonna be great. Lay down the things in you that aren't like me. Now that's so easy to hear from a legal standpoint and from a conviction standpoint and from a woe is me standpoint. Let's not do that. Let's hear this for what it is. The king of glory saying, I deeply want to put more of me in you. And at the level you're willing to lay down that old nature, I'm gonna pour in the new. But when you don't lay down that old nature, I push pause because I understand, because I'm gentle and, and I'm kind and I'm never gonna force myself. I just understand by your behavior that you're not ready for more of me. Does that make sense? What I love is James says, he, go, he makes this statement, humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts. Planted in your hearts, the word here means to be inborn. It means something has been sowed into our hearts. And it's a fact statement. I want you to let go of this idea that you can pick and choose whether or not you have a nature of Christ. You have the nature of Christ in you. It has been planted in you. The question is whether or not it's allowed to grow and flourish. The question is not whether or not it's in you. It's been planted in you, a statement of fact. When you came to Christ, a new nature and message was put inside of you. And I think the enemy loves to challenge that reality in our lives. He loves to bring shame to the places where we fail and he loves to whisper, see, you're not real, it didn't take. You're no different. But I need you to understand that biblically, that's a lie. Biblically, that is fundamentally untrue. There is a nature that was planted in you, was put into you, it fused into your DNA and you are a new creature in Christ at the moment you came into the kingdom. It's not an if, it's the question is what you do with that seed, not whether or not it's in you. So what James is really talking about here for us is choosing the behaviors that allow the nature of Jesus to flourish and grow. How many of you have ever planted plants? How many understand that plants require things to flourish? You put a, a seedling into 
a dry pot and you sit it outside in direct sunlight all day long, it's probably not gonna do so well. Because it needs to be cared for, it needs to be watered, it needs to have respite from the heat of the sun. These are things that, that plants are gonna need to do well. What are you doing by giving them that? You're giving them the environment they need to flourish. Why would you buy miracle Grow if it wasn't something that was gonna help it flourish? What James is calling for here, church, is that we would have the courage to deal with the things in our nature that are contrary to our king. Not in a woe is me place, but with a very real understanding of I have an opportunity to see more of Jesus in me. And so I'm gonna let go of everything that's limiting him. Based upon what James has taught us so far, first thing we do is we're intentionally measured in our responses. I think we could just camp on that one for like another year. I think we'd learn to discipline ourselves to wait for his direction. Too many of us will move into endeavors without the voice of the Lord. We've become so comfortable making our own decisions that we're no longer uncomfortable without an awareness of what he's doing. We do it in business, we do it all over in the marketplace, we do it in our homes, and I would just say stop. Create space for him to speak and begin to move out of a place of hearing the voice of the Lord. Because faith is pleasing to God, without it you're not, it's impossible to be pleasing. Every time you grant the Lord space to speak into your life on a decision, you are acting in faith when you obey. You're inviting the pleasure of God to your life. I think the other thing is we've been talking about this idea of the fear of the Lord a lot. What that really means is choosing to intentionally live the disciplines of the scripture. What the scripture says we are to do, we do. If you say, well, nobody told me. You have a Bible, you have a phone, read it. Be responsible as a believer before the Lord to say, I want you more in here. So I'm gonna study to understand and know what you're asking for. I'm gonna take it upon myself to begin to create room for you, Spirit of God, to be with me. And we have to choose to let go of sin. I know that seems like an old, archaic holiness message. It's really a transformational message if we will do it. If we will have the courage to lay aside sin, the blessing is we have more of him invade who we are. James is really talking about what I would call the lifestyle choice of holiness. And it's a mindset that controls our decisions and our behaviors. We willingly lay down old life patterns and sin patterns because of our desire of more of him. It's an exchange for lesser for greater. If I told you right now, go to the King Supers at Timberline and Drake, give them a dollar, they're given 10 bucks on every dollar. All of you being right-minded financial people would run to King Supers and start exchanging $1 bills for 10s. What James is talking about here is exchanging a nature that's gonna bring death for one that brings supernatural life and favor. It's a one-to-one -one encounter. I lay down the bad, he pours in the good. And with the good comes this ridiculous outflow of favor into my life.
I love James's statement at the end of this verse. It has the power to save your soul. What does? This message, this thing that's been planted in you. What he really is saying to us is, if you give it space, it'll work. I would love to say this to you. If you follow Jesus and you do what he says and you live intimately with him, your life will be blessed because that's the way he set this up. I love James's statement, just do it, it works. But too often we allow our opinions about the kingdom or the world or politics, whatever it might be. We allow those things to trump our obedience. We allow them to supersede our obedience. We allow ourselves to hold attitudes that we know are contrary to the Lord but we feel entitled because of what we see around us. And church, I'm saying we've gotta let all that go. You gotta decide which kingdom you live in. If I live in the kingdom of light, then I'm gonna follow the king of light. And nothing about the kingdom of darkness is gonna influence the way I act, what I speak, what I believe. I'm not gonna look at Fox News or CNN or any of them to find out what's going on. I'm gonna look to him and say, what is your perspective on this? I'm not gonna look at my boss and say, it's your, I'm gonna stop and go, Lord, what what do you say in this? Because I am under your authority and your government. I serve the governments around me because that's what you taught me, but I am under you and you are controlling me. If we're gonna succeed the way he's called us to succeed and be who he's called us to be, we gotta lay down our childishness. We gotta quit playing in the mud. We gotta do what James says. Make the choice to get rid of this stuff in your life. Don't let it be there anymore. And for all of us in this space, there's gonna be different things. I promise you, if you will have the courage to go sit down with the Holy Spirit and say, search me and know me, will you help itemize what's going on inside of me? I want you to speak into my life and tell me what you love and what you don't love. And I will lay down and repent what you don't love and I will choose what you love. If you do that, he will answer. You see, for Jesus to be first in my life, I have to be willing to change my life because of my desire for him. And some of us have believed, over time I'm gonna grow into more of him. That growth begins with the choice to lay down our sin. All right, let's stand. I got lots more, but we don't have lots more time, so that's it. Lord, we love you. It would be so easy to lean into this with aggression and intensity, but the truth is, I want your love to lead us through holiness. I want us to be a people that are so drawn to your kindness that we wanna live like you've called us to live because we know on the other side of that is you. The gift of your presence, the gift of the invasion of you into our lives. So Lord, for every place that legalism and, and fear would wanna lean into this teaching, I just, we just shut that out right now and ask Holy Spirit that you would give a very clear lens to us, your people, of this as an invitation to more life. 
thank you for today. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your goodness. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.